Well, it's a new year, a new opportunity, and I want to invite you right now to open in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 5, verses 1 through 16, and we're also going to read Colossians chapter 4, verses 2 through 6. So I know that's double flipping right now, but uh, I know you can, you can do it. Uh, you can use your devices as well if that's a little bit easier this morning. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 1 through 16, and Colossians chapter 4, <clears throat> verses 2 through 6. This is what Ephesians 5, 1 says, Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children, and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not even be named among you as is proper among saints. Let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking, which are out of place. But instead, let there be thanksgiving. For you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure or who is covetous, that is, an idolater, has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore do not become part partners with them, for at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true, and try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them, for it is shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret, but when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible." For anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore, it says, Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Look carefully, then, how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. In Colossians chapter 4, verses 2 through 6 says this, Continue steadfastly in prayer. Be watchful in it with thanksgiving. At the same time, pray also for us that God may open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I am in prison, that I may make it clear, which is how I ought to speak. Walk in wisdom toward outsiders, making the best use of the time. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. Praise God for his word this morning. Amen. <clears throat> well, it's a new year, and so we've got a new little mini-series that we're going to be looking at over the next three weeks, this week, the 15th and the 22nd as well, called Time, Treasure, and Talent. All he wants, all God wants, is all of you. Time, treasure, and talent. And if you saw there at the end of each of the passages that we read together this morning, there's this uh, exhortation, this encouragement to make the most of the time that's been given to you in light of the good news about what Jesus has done for you, all right? And so I, I want to introduce something to you, and it may uh, frustrate you or it may make you really happy. I want to talk about pie this morning, all right? <laughs> I know now many of you are like, wait a minute, I am trying to get back onto my regular diet. You may have put on a few extra pounds over the holidays, and the last thing you need to see to tempt you right now is pie. And I couldn't choose which pie, apple pie, lemon meringue pie, pumpkin pie, oh, and banana cream pie. Oh, my goodness. There's this place out in California, Bay Area called Nations. They make the best cream pie. I don't know if that's a picture of it or not, but it's, it's awesome. But you can see pies there, right? 
And I want you to think of these pies as your whole life, all right? And whatever pie you want to choose, whatever flavor is your favorite, maybe it's chocolate pie or coconut cream, I don't care. Just choose the pie, that's you. Just envision your favorite pie as you, and that's your whole life. And you think about the pieces of the pie. You can see that pumpkin pie is kind of sliced into pieces, and there's a piece lifted out of the other pies. Trust me, I didn't eat them, although I wish I would have, right? They're delicious. Think about these pieces as the aspects of your life, your family, your relationships, uh, your, your involvement at church, your time. Uh, think about how you uh, manage your job and career, your hobbies, your pursuits, your skills and abilities, but also your, your resources, your money, your assets, your gifts that you receive and that you give, right? Now, we can separate our lives down to the tiniest pieces, you can cut those pie, that pie, and like you could say, well, there's four pieces of pie, but if I cut them into 16, I get more pieces of pie, right? Well, you may get more pieces, but you still have one pie. And no matter how you want to cut up the different pieces of your life, you still have one life. You can't add more life to the life that God has given to you. Cutting it up into more pieces doesn't create more pie. It doesn't create more life. You have one life that God's given you. We only have so much to give. Our families obviously require a big piece of the pie. So do our, our jobs. If you're in school getting educated, that's a big piece of your life. Then we have a little left over for some other things, right? And you wish that you had more pie sometimes, right? But you only have one life, one pie. You may ask yourself, how big of a piece of a pie then should I, should I give to God, Right? I should give him a lot, right? I mean, he's done a lot for me. We just sang the song, what he's done, what he's done, right? So I'm going to give him the very biggest, best piece of pie that I can give him. And the next slide is going to show you, oh, man, this is like total temptation for me, right? Let's show the next one. Oh, my goodness. Blackberry pie a la mode, right? Oh, warmed up. Slap some vanilla ice cream on there, right? Whew, man, that is tough to resist right there. Blackberry pie a la mode. I'll give God the best piece that I can give him. I'll even top that with ice cream. Look, Jesus, you have the very best piece of the pie of my life, but the rest of the pie is mine. The rest of the pie belongs to me. I gave you the the warmest, biggest, juiciest piece with ice cream on top, but Jesus, the rest is mine. Um, That's often how we think about the pie of our life. Even the noblest of us often think, well, if I give God the biggest piece, the rest belongs to me, right? But as we start this series for the next three weeks, I want us to keep one verse kind of at the front, and we're going to look at some other verses, but at the front of each of these messages, I want us to consider Romans chapter 12, verse 1, and and I'm actually going to share it with you from a a little bit of a different translation this morning, the New Living Translation. I just like how it's worded to help us understand this today, and it says this, Romans 12, 1. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you, give, uh, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he's done for you. Let them, being your bodies, be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. And in the language, the original language, it's this idea that it's the only rational, logical way to worship God. It only makes sense to think about all the mercy that Christians have received through the mercy of Jesus, sacrificing his life 
on the cross for our sins, rising from the dead so that we could all have new life. When we were dead in our trespasses and sins, God made us alive together with Christ. And you think about all that he's given to you, the only rational, logical thing to give him is the whole pie. The whole pie. Give him the whole pie. You see, all God wants is all of you. It's his. He bought you with the precious blood of his son, Jesus Christ. You see, and he's not giving, he's not taking it from you. He's asking you to give it to him. He bought it and he says, give it to me and I'll give you more joy than you've ever experienced in your life. I'll give you more peace than you've ever had in your life. I'll give you a hope that will never fade away if you just give me the whole pie, your whole life. The path to real, lasting joy of the Christian life that the Bible describes is the path where one gives all of themselves to God. It only makes sense. Jesus gave us his body, his life, for you to give you eternal life. And in return, he asks that you give him all of yourself as your form of worship to him. Even the piece of that blackberry pie a la mode, it just doesn't cut it. All he wants is all of you. And so as we launch into this series for the next few weeks, we're going to take a look at each of these aspects of these pieces of the pie that make up a whole of our life. And you could split it out into smaller parts, but we're going to look at three big pieces that all belong to God. First, this week, we're going to look at time. What does it look like to give the whole pie to God related to our time, to your time? Our, our time may be our most precious commodity, you see, unlike our treasure, which is our money and our assets, or our talents, which are our natural skills and abilities and gifts, we're all given the exact same amount of time in the day, in the week, in the month, and in the year. Some live longer than others, but the seconds all tick the same for each of us. Considering that I, I must work, right, I must provide for myself and for my family, I, I have to eat, I have to sleep, I have to care for my body, I, I must invest in the important relationships in my life, and you know what, I kind of like to take a break from the grind from time to time, you know, take that little vacation, right? But how can I worship God appropriately with the whole pie, with the whole life regarding my time? Now, if you're like me, you're, you're likely aware that we waste a lot of time, right? We're aware of our time. You've probably even considered how long you plan on being in our worship service today. You probably ask yourself, how long is Matthew going to preach today, right? And I'm kind of curious about that too. Hope to be done, <laughs> Hope to be done in a reasonable time. Uh, there are hundreds of time management books in the market. Uh, many of you likely have read several of these books uh, during your education or as part of training for your jobs. Uh, which method works best? Which time management strategy is out there that God says, yeah, that's the one I want you to pick? Does God really have his own time management strategy? Well, I'm, I'm not sure that there's a strategy like you'd see in a time management book, but I do believe he's given us the most important principles that we could ever need to know how to honor God and worship him with our time. And here's our big idea this morning. We could all manage our time better but only God can lead us to use our time for what is best. We could all manage our time better, but only God can lead us to use our time for what is best. We could seek out another time management book or strategy, but God is the best teacher of how we should view our time. 
Because God created time uh, and set us in our seasons, he alone is the one who can give us the wisdom to not just know how to spend our time well, but to spend it best. And if you're like me, I don't want to just do something good or well. I want to do something in the best way possible. God has given us that kind of wisdom. Now, not trying to contradict myself here, but I am going to recommend a couple of books for you that I found helpful. Now, these aren't just giving you time management strategies. These are giving you overarching principles about how to view time the way God views your time. Got two of them here. The first one is Freedom from the Tyranny of the Urgent by Charles Hummel. Excellent book. And I'm going to share a verse that really was groundbreaking uh, toward the end. Uh, But I'm not going to give it to you now because I'm going to keep you waiting for that. (laughs) And the other one is Ordering Your Private World. This one was actually just given to me recently by Gordon McDonald. Excellent books on helping you understand how to manage and steward the things, specifically your time that God has put into your hands. All right, so you can write those down. You can take a look at them later and come back and teach me more about how to manage time better. But, but let's take a look at this big idea this morning and from the passages that we read. Only God can lead us to use our time for what is best. And first of all, we see from Ephesians 5, 15 to 16, his wisdom, God's wisdom keeps us from squandering our time. God's wisdom keeps us from squandering our time. And and we saw this in Ephesians 5, 15 to 16. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the the days are evil. We read it at the beginning of of chapter 5, Paul writes in Ephesians, he says, be imitators of God. Follow God, be like him in how you treat other people. And he also says in verse 2, walk in love, okay? So it's clarifying. What does it mean to imitate God? Well, you walk in love. In verse 8, he said, at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord, so walk as children of light. Okay, so we're getting some metaphors here and and some ideas here. What does it mean to imitate God? Well, you walk in love. The way that that your life is characterized is is a life of love, and it's also a life that's characterized by light as opposed to darkness. We know in the Bible, darkness speaks of evil, and then light speaks of his goodness and of his holiness and righteousness. And so Paul writes in verse 15, look carefully how you walk. He's saying pay close attention to how you walk, how you walk around in this life. This isn't just talking about going for a walk down to the store, but this is the the conduct, the way of life that you live, how you live. And he says, I want you to be careful about that. Pay close attention to how you're walking because I don't want you to live unwisely but I want you to live in the wisdom that God provides. Well, what is that unwise way? Well, it's it's darkness, it's immorality, it's impurity, it's covetousness, it's idolatry, worshiping things and people other than the one true God. And we saw a whole list of that that Paul mentioned in Ephesians 5, including filthiness. And Paul writes that the wrath of God is coming for those who live according to these values. Now, friends, this is where we all started from. We all began our existence in a place of darkness. It's not how God created us, but because of our sin nature that's been passed on from generation to generation, all the way traced back to Adam, we are all born in darkness. Romans 6.23 says, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. You see, friends, we were all born terrible time managers. Terrible. Even the most organized of us were born terrible time managers managers. And so he says, but I want you to live in a different way. 
because of this gospel about Jesus that has transformed your life. I want you to walk wisely. Well, what does Paul mean by that? He says, I want you to make the best use of the time because the days are evil. Now that, that, that phrase there, making the best use of the time, literally it means to redeem the time. And in the context here, Paul is saying, I want you to do something with intensity and urgency. I want you to take your time and and look at it and say, I want you to buy it back from all those works of darkness that you used to do. Paul's telling the Ephesians they must work urgently to redeem the time. The days are short and they're evil. You can almost tell Paul, see Paul, he's shouting out, hey, look out, look out, I'm warning you, the days are evil, so be urgent and careful and wise and diligent about your time. Don't go back to the terrible time management skills you were born with. Don't go back to the darkness. Be urgent about your time. Now, there's several kinds of urgency. Now, when I was in college, uh, I felt urgency about getting my assignments done. Now, there were some that weren't, on, that weren't like me. They would, they would look at the syllabus at the beginning of each semester, and they would work really hard, and they'd map it out, and they'd schedule it out on their calendar and their planner, not just to get the daily assignments done or the weekly assignments, but they'd look at the projects, and they'd start you know, uh, divvying out how they were going to do the different phases of their projects, one by one, the first week, the second week, the third week, and the fourth week. They were urgent about their time. But someone like me, unfortunately, was urgent about their time because those big projects I often would save to the end of the semester. And boy, I felt a sense of urgency, right? I can tell you there were many nights where I saw the sun go down and then I saw it come back up the next morning because I was urgent and I was diligent. Now, I'm not here to criticize anybody that does it that way. That's the way I did it. And praise God, I passed college and seminary. I'm so grateful for that. But I did it in a way that sensed that urgency that was kind of that crunch time urgency. But you know what that feels like, that deadline, that project, that moment where you realize I've got to get myself going because I've got to, if I don't do it, if I don't be careful, if I'm not urgent with my time, if I procrastinate any longer, it's not going to get done. Paul's talking about this kind of urgency. God has called us to view how we spend our time with this kind of urgency. It's crunch time. Not because the deadline is coming at the end of the day. It could, but because the days are evil. Our natural tendency is to default into selfishness, to default into greed, to default into immorality and impurity. This was our natural inclination before we came to a knowledge of Jesus Christ. Without urgency related to our time, we'll sink right back into the old patterns of our lives. So friends, followers of Jesus, be careful. The days are evil. Temptations abound. You'll naturally slide back into the darkness of sinful time management if you don't redeem the time. Work with urgency and intensity to resist allowing your time to be wasted on the works of darkness. Be urgent with your time. And God's wisdom keeps us from squandering our time. That's, that's the negative way to view our time. I've got to be urgent because I'm going to slide into the negative. I'm going to slide into the sin. But there's also a positive side to this that Paul gives us as well in Colossians 4, 5 through 6. And this is point number two. His wisdom guides us in maximizing our time. 
His wisdom guides us in maximizing our time. Again, Colossians 4, 5, and 6, Paul writes, walk in wisdom toward outsiders, making the best use of the time. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. Now, Paul has an, he has an evangelistic fervor in this passage. He always has it, but he's specifically bringing that out in these verses. And he says in verse 2 of chapter 4 of Colossians, he says, continue steadfastly in prayer. Well, that's one way that you don't mismanage your time. Time spent in prayer is almost never time that's being wasted. Uh, praying is one of the best ways you could spend your time. But he gets specific in verse 3. He says, pray for us, meaning Paul and the apostles, that God may open to us a door for the word. That God may open a door for us for the word. He wants the word to gather. He's saying, pray for us that God would put us in situations where we could see relationally and with people that the door is open. They're ready to receive. There's an opportunity for me to speak. And he's saying, pray that God would continue to open those doors and that we would walk through them. And he also says then to the Colossians, Colossians 4, 5, walk in wisdom toward outsiders. This sounds a lot like Jesus' words. Maybe you've heard it before. Matthew 5.16, Jesus said, Let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Let your light shine. Let that opportunity come to you and walk in wisdom toward outsiders, not so that they'd give you glory, but so that they would see your good works, how you're managing your time, giving glory to God and walking through open doors to speak good news so that God would be glorified as people encounter people of light. People of light. I believe there are people of light sitting in these chairs here today. Praise God for that. People of light. And as we love Christ and live sent and go out from these walls every single Sunday, the light is bursting out from this room and it's going out into neighborhoods and schools and, and jobs and, and all kinds of places. Let your light shine. Walk in wisdom toward outsiders. Well, what does that wisdom look like? Paul clarifies it. He says, making the best use of the time. Now, this is the exact same phrase used in Ephesians, but here it's used positively. And it's clarified as walking through the open doors that God gives to us. Again, making the best use of the time, literally it means redeem the time, buy out the time, buy it back. When you see that opportunity, make that charge and say, I'm cashing it in. I'm seizing that opportunity. Paul is saying, I want you to take full of advantage of every opportunity that comes in your way. Every chance, every moment, every open, every open door to display the reality of your faith in Jesus for others to see and to hear. Friend, I'm telling you, there's no better way to spend your time in 2023 than to spend time before the face of God in prayer. And that prayer could be so simple that prayer could be so simple. I mean, there's prayers all throughout the Bible. Start with the Psalms. Bring those to God. There's so many ways that the Psalms express real human emotion and thought and feeling. Express that to God. Ask Him for open doors. And when those open doors come, make every effort. Go through that door. Take that opportunity. Take advantage of that to display the goodness of Jesus to those in your world. And he says, making the best use of the time, your time, your time, your moments. Think about your time. Think about how you spend your week, how you spend your day, how your month is planned out in January, how your year is being planned out in 2023. 
You've got moments. You've got meetups. You've got run-ins. You've got calls and carpools and meals and walks and grocery shopping trips. And it goes on and on and on to think about all the moments of your life. Take advantage of every opportunity. Pray for an open door for the world. There may be times that a simple trip to the grocery store is just that, a trip to pick up a few ingredients for dinner. Your work Zoom meeting may uh, just get down to business and then sign off. That walk or run or jog in the morning may accomplish the burning of calories and nothing else. But God can open doors anywhere, friends. You may come across a cranky checkout clerk at the store who needs to experience the grace at the end of a lo- God's grace at the end of a long shift. You may find that your coworker on your Zoom meeting just experienced a loss in their life and is craving encouragement. You may bump into your new neighbor as they're taking out the garbage when you return from your jog and they could use a friend after moving into the area. Seize the moments God puts into your life. Pray for them and then step into those moments asking God to say, Lord, help me not just see a friendly person, not just Matthew, but let them see Jesus. Let them hear of Jesus and what he's done for them. Our big idea this morning. We could all manage our time better, but only God can lead us to use our time for what is best. To flee from the sinful tendencies that we drift into when we're not managing our time, but, but then pursuing with urgency those moments, those opportunities that God gives us to step through those open doors and share the good news of Jesus Christ with a a world that's in so much need. Again, our big idea, we could all manage our time better, but only God can lead us to use our time for what is best. And that's how we started out our, our series this morning. All God wants is the whole pie. He wants all of you. And he's asking us that we make the most of every opportunity with our time. The days are evil. Therefore, friends, we must live with urgency. We must live with an urgency that is fleeing from our old patterns of darkness and pursuing the open doors for the gospel that we ask for, that we seize the small moments. Maybe it's that car ride with your child, picking them up from school, and they ask you an important question about their day. Oh, can you point them to Jesus in the small moments? Some of the most precious moments of discipleship for my family hasn't arisen from a planned Bible study with my kids. It's happened in those moments when they've had questions they can't find the answers to and we ask Jesus help us answer these questions oh friends seize those moments however you may take this message now and say I'm going to go do it I'm going to go manage my time for Jesus he's got the whole pie of my time but if you go out there seeking to do it in your own energy friends I'm telling you tomorrow you're going to blow it you may even blow it this afternoon in fact I probably will too You see, no matter how good you and I and we are at managing our time, only Jesus does it perfectly. I was mentioning to you a verse that was brought out in the book uh, by Charles Hummel, John 17, 4. It's the basis for his entire book, and it says this. Jesus is praying to the Father right before he's about to be betrayed and handed over to his enemies and crucified. And he says this in the presence of his disciples. He prays, he says, Father, I glorified you on earth. How? Having accomplished the work that you gave me to do. What a statement. I've glorified you on the earth, having accomplished 
all the work that you gave me to do. Think about that for a moment, friends. He really accomplished everything that the Father wanted him to do. Think about it. All the work that he could have done. I mean, there's moments in the Gospels that you see that, especially in Mark chapter 1, you see that he's, he's in uh, Capernaum and he's healing and doing all these amazing miracles. And his disciples are looking for him early in the morning because there's already a line that's growing. And it's, it's, it's heading around the corner. And they're looking for Jesus saying, Jesus, the line is already. Come on over and heal everybody. And what does Jesus say? I can't go there any longer. I've got to move on to the next town and preach the kingdom, the gospel of the kingdom of my father. That's why I was sent. And so he walked away. Jesus did many healings. He helped many hurting people, but there are many hurting people that he did not help and he passed by because he was on a mission that was given to him by his father. There were moments when his disciples were were frustrated with him, but he says, I have to fulfill the mission, not that you gave me, but that God gave me. And so we consider Christ's example. He says, I've accomplished everything that you gave me to do, Father. What does this mean for Monday? How do we follow this example? We're going to talk about following the example of Jesus, the Lord of time, and we'll close with this. First of all, Jesus clearly understood his mission. Jesus clearly understood his mission. He had an overarching task to perform, and he measured his use of time against that sense of mission. You see, Jesus, he came to seek and to save sinners. There were times he would stop when his disciples wanted him to keep moving because he had to minister to someone in need. Other times, he would keep going when his disciples felt like he should stay because he had other places to be according to the plan the Father had given him. Friends, everyone in your life believes they can organize your time better than you. And if we listen to every voice, we will be pulled in a million directions. So we must seek God's face every day. Ask him to reveal his mission and purpose for your life from his word, the Bible, and through the wisdom he gives to your community. Live for mission, friends. Live for mission, but not my mission. Don't listen to Pastor Matthew. Don't listen to just your small group leaders. Live for the mission of the Father. Live for his mission. Secondly, Jesus understood his limits. He understood him. Jesus came to earth as the son of God in human flesh. He had real human, ta- human limitations just like you and me. He shared our limitations, but he coped with them effectively just as we must. He sought time and solitude with his heavenly father before every important decision and action during his ministry. You see, Jesus, he's like you and me. He had to stop and eat. He had to stop to sleep and care for his body He spent relational time with his disciples. He even had planned moments for he and his friends to recharge. If he needed to limit his output, why wouldn't we have to limit our output too? We're human. We have limitations. Friends, set your limits and live within them. You're not Jesus and neither am I, amen? But we can learn from his patterns of rest and limitations for our own lives. Jesus clearly understood his mission. Jesus understood his own limits. What else does this mean for Monday? This means that Jesus focused on just a few. With a world of millions to reach, Jesus budgeted the majority of his time to be with just a few simple men and women. Focus on going deep, friends, rather than remaining shallow with many. Go deep with a few rather than remaining shallow with many. 
That's what we love about our small groups here. It gives us that opportunity. I, I can't go deep with all of you here on a single Sunday morning, right? I could shake your hands. I could love you. I could pray with you. But oh, that we gather in these little communities where we can get deep with a few. And when you can get deep with a few, a few that, that 8 to 15 in your world that you could pray for that need the gospel, start in your home. Start with your kids. Start with your relatives. Start with your neighbors and your coworkers. Just, just a few in your lives and go deep with them. Love them in the name of Jesus. Oh, friends, if, if we could just go deep with a few, what kind of impact could we make in our world as we live sent? Jesus was, was aware of where true importance lies, where the priorities are, and where your priorities are. There your time will be set your priorities understand your mission understand your limits and focus on a few that's the way of Jesus and maybe at the end of our lives we can look at the Father and I'm confident of this he will look at us and say well done good and faithful servant you accomplished everything with the time I gave you to do what I asked you to do not Pastor Matthew not the elders at Fairfax Bible Church not your spouse or anybody what has God asked you to do Students, I want to talk to you just for a moment. I know many of you are thinking about what, what's my next steps for the future? Where am I going to go to school? What, what am I going to do with my life, my pursuits? Do I, God, does God have a spouse for me someday? So many questions that you have. Take this season right now and say, Lord, I don't give you just the best piece of pie. I give you the whole pie. I give you my whole life. Do with it what you may. Show me the mission that you want me to live for. Help me to set my limits and help me to focus on a few. I, I believe this with all my heart. When one asks for wisdom, God gives it to them. Students, if you're looking for that, how does God want me to use my time? Ask him. He'll show you the way. Charles Hummel said, our goal is to discover God's will for us day by day at each stage of life. There's no substitute for the confidence that today in this time and place, I'm obeying the will of my Father. Oh, friends, maybe you've been robbed of that confidence in 2022. Praise be to God for new life this year. You can live in the confidence of knowing that you're doing the will of the Father. And when we do that together, oh my goodness, the impact that we can have on our community. This is God's will for each of us, that we would live out his purpose and will for us each day, making the most of every opportunity. Each of our schedules may look drastically different based upon our circumstances, but we each individually and corporately can follow the example of Jesus. You may be sitting here this morning, you may be thinking to yourself, but Matthew, you don't know how big of a failure I've been. I've been an absolute failure. My life to this point, point has been a story of passing my time in the works of darkness, in frivolous pursuits, things that were all about me, and it's cost me so much. I've been living for number one. I've been living for myself. Friend, I want to tell you today that no matter how you spent your time, there is hope. You see, Christians are not people who have mastered time management. No, we've submitted our time to the master of time, who is Jesus this Jesus who came at just the right time to rescue all of us from our sinful wastes of time that God has given to us. Romans 5, 6 says this for you today. While we were still weak, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. 
You see, you may have wasted and squandered all your time, but I want to tell you there's someone who loves you and he was right on time for you. Right on time for you. When you are at your worst, when you are right in the deepest, darkest places of your life, that's when Jesus said, I'm coming down and I came to give my life for you, to rescue you from sin and death. There's hope for you today. You're not beyond your time being rescued by the grace and mercy of our great Savior and Lord Jesus Christ. All you gotta do is give him your pie today. Give him your pie and say, Lord Jesus, I repent of my sin. I call upon your name to rescue me. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins, rose from the dead, and are coming back one day to give me new eternal life forever and ever. If you call upon his name, and if you give him your pie, you can have your life and your time redeemed for all of eternity, for his glory and for his purposes. If you've never done that, we want to invite you to do that today. We'll have some prayer counselors over here to your right through the door. They'd love to pray with you and help you take that step of giving. It sounds silly, your pie to Jesus. <laughs> but that's what he wants. All he wants is all of you. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, we thank you so much that at just the right time, Jesus came and died for the ungodly. For me, for my friends here today, we're not perfect people. We're not great time managers. We're just people that used to live in darkness and have been rescued by the King of light, who is Jesus, our Lord. As we begin a new year, I know every single one of us have at least considered it. How can I better use my time in 2023? Well, Lord, we're here to say we don't want to just use our time better. We want to use it for what is best. I pray that you'd help us to make the most of every opportunity to not slide into the works of darkness, but to give ourselves over to you to say we want to make the most of every opportunity to shine the light of Jesus Christ in our community. And Lord, we want to follow the way of Jesus. We want to be focused on our mission. We, we want to understand our limitations and we, and we want to invest in just a few. We want to go deep, Lord. Help us go deep. Lord, I, I pray for the one, two, or maybe several here today, maybe more, that are feeling the weight of so much time that's been wasted on frivolous, selfish, sinful pursuits. Thank you that at just the right time, Jesus died for the ungodly. I pray today that our friends here that have never submitted their life to the Lord Jesus Christ, that they'd give him the whole pie, their whole life, a life given over to the Lordship of Jesus and his goodness, and that we give you all of our time, not just few seconds, not just a few hours, but you've got it all. You've got it all. We give our lives over to you. Lord, I pray that you move upon their hearts, that they would seek someone out here today and give their life to Christ, the one who deserves all our lives, the whole pie. Thank you so much for his goodness. Thank you so much for his life. We celebrate him now, that gift of eternal life in heaven that we're going to sing about right now. It's in his name we pray. Amen.